So welcome, Sarah, to the Well Good Chat, our first chat remotely. So thank you for the, taking the time to chat with me today. For those that haven't heard of you, don't know who you are, did you want to just introduce yourself, say who it is you are and what it is you, that you do? Yeah, um, thank you for having me. I'm Sarah Simons. I um, I'm a teacher and writer. Um, and I um, do quite a bit of stuff online. So I talk to uh, lots of you talk with lots of young people on Twitter and I've just started streaming a couple of months ago. Wow. And on TikTok as well. Wow, brilliant. And on there, um, I'm, uh, my name is Sarah Simons Internet Mum. Oh, um, what a lovely name. Well, that was because lots of people, lots of young people had we'd had lovely chats I'd you know they'd asked me questions and I got lots of messages saying will you be my internet mum oh lots, that's so like, nice hundreds and hundreds and I didn't know really what it meant and so yes. I was like well if, if I don't really know what it means explain to me <laughs> and they just said some an older an older person that you can have comforting supportive conversations with and you know advice from and discussions with um that you don't necessarily know but you feel you know you feel comfortable to talk oh, with so I was like oh yeah that that's so lovely. Lovely. I love that yes yeah and how do you find it do you find that you're kind of bombarded or is it quite manageable um I get a lot a lot of messages I've got um because my son is a popular YouTuber and we talk you know we we quite since since his fans put two and two together and found me uh, and i already had a presence on on twitter because of my um working further education yes, and community yeah. building stuff so i had like six or seven thousand followers wow. That wow. I knew who they were though. They were they yes. were teachers. They were, <laughs> they were, you know, the people that you know I can have these professional conversations with. And yes. out of that, I've met loads of real life friends. Yes, brilliant. That, but I knew who that group were and the conversations yes. that we would have. And yes. we were doing a weekly um, further education chat, talking about specific things that are important to practitioners in. Uh, post 16 so anybody yes. who's working with uh, young people older than 16 whether that's yeah. in uh, colleges or in the community or yeah. in the workplace whatever the scenario yeah and I knew what that was and then my son's fans some of them found me and within a few weeks I had sort of a hundred thousand <sighs> Followers no, and then 120, and now I've got no. 150 something. Oh so my goodness! And there's the same on um, TikTok. Crikey, Ryan! 120, 130,000. Wow! And just um, because of them putting two and two together as to who your son was. Well, <laughs> what happened was I was. Uh, comparing a conference um i was hosting a, a conference for which is, is you know one of the things that i do speaking and um hosting things and uh, chairing things and the 
the organisation asked me to make a little advert at home, just saying, you know, this is I'm hosting the conference. Come and come, come and buy tickets, sort of thing. Yeah. So, and it was when my son was living at home. Right. He's he's nineteen now, but he was sixteen then. He was at home, and I said, "Oh, will you help me make this advert?" And so we did this silly comedy advert in oh, his wow. bedroom, where he'd done lots of his YouTube videos that were, you know, really successful. By that point, he already had millions and millions of um subscribers and uh, like, can i just ask, what's his name do i know it i'm trying Tommy to be in it i don't know what does he what does he youtube it was minecraft um oh, stuff, right. but now he does all sorts of stuff but across his various platforms he has about 55 million uh, no yeah 55 million yeah, crikey, Riley! And he's had a he had a, a book out last year that was a Sunday Times bestseller and number one. That's amazing. And he's doing live shows in June, touring all over the country, and uh, finishing in Hammersmith Apollo, which is almost what? sold out now. You're so joking! That's get incredible. Tickets if you haven't got them, uh, Tommy, in it annoying at first. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to like subscribe to his channel now because I, I was gonna say I, I actually I feel really bad because I actually work in a gaming studio and with I know it's not Minecraft but um, I bet anybody that I work with now will then go don't tell me you didn't know because I bet they'll have heard of him if he's obviously yeah. into gaming. Um, so wow! So he helped you do one of your Make this this little advert for this. Um, we didn't clock it that because it was in his bedroom where he'd done all his streaming yes. from all his because at, the, at that point as well when he was living at home and it was during lockdown yeah he when he was streaming just playing minecraft or or talking nonsense on twitch having a laugh doing silly things he wow. was getting he was getting hundreds and hundreds of thousands of live viewers and he won he was given world record for high biggest audience on twitch Incredible. most you know i can't even remember what it was but we've he's got a couple of world records for the you know biggest audiences and Brilliant. because he his fans were so keen and my last name and his last name and then they saw i think it was somebody's mum who was a teacher <laughs> had sit, saw the advert for the conference and was yeah. like that looks like Tommy in its background. Hang on, what's her last name? What's <laughs> and then it just kind of went, this advert went everywhere and, wow. over the, you know, over the different platforms going up sort of half a million Wow. I'm going to I'm, I'm gonna have to find it now. Now that you've said that, I'm going to have to find this advert. That's brilliant. Because did you always, did you always, when you were younger, was education always the route that you could see yourself going down? school was not interested <laughs> you know I felt I felt stupid I felt like I was oh, sick no. I really really did and I just felt like my role you know you have your roles in your family your roles in within uh your friendship friendship group or within yeah. your, your class at school and I felt that my role was definitely not the clever one. Oh, bless you so, um it just wasn't and I wasn't interested either I was interested in partying and boys and all of that sort of thing and just having a having a you know a massive social life yes um and so I didn't do any work and I did really well oh. in GCSEs I got you know 
don't know what it was, five or six A's and, you know, I did really well. And, um, and I thought, well, you know, I'm naturally very, very clever, it turns out. I shall do wow. the same for my A-levels and I failed them all. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Which, you know, I didn't do the work. I didn't put the hours in. I didn't yeah. do anything. So, yeah. you know... So yeah, failed on my levels, and I, but I was I went to drama school. I went oh. uh, so as soon as I could, I left home and went to London and did three years at drama school in acting and and musical theatre, yeah. and then was an actor for ten fifteen years. Wow, that's brilliant! So yeah, nothing like education. No, no, Why? I hated school. Hated wow. it. I was only there for the social life. Wow, because then looking back, I suppose to actually when you were kind of a, a young child and growing up what what were you like as a child other than kind of being interested in partying what kind of kind of personality would you say that you had um it's probably quite disruptive I was interested in um uh films and telly and uh you know, theatre and all of that kind of thing. Um, I was just interested in having a load of fun and I hadn't really, I loved, I, I did like drama club and that sort of thing out of school. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I was just interested in having kind of a social life and having fun and I yes. knew that I wanted to be an actor and I knew that where I was living, um, I went to a very posh school, but I got, a scholarship to go my parents were oh. you know my dad's my dad was a plumber my mum was a hairdresser yeah. um and I went to this private school and you know we didn't pay and it, I just yeah. felt and although I had lots of lovely friends there and I, st I still am friends with lots of the girls who went there because it was all girls yes. I felt very different to that yes scenario you know yeah because everybody else is families were rich as far as you know comparatively and yeah you know the dads were doctors and the new mums were lawyers and they were all as far as you know my family were concerned yes. were super posh and super fancy yeah I, I just felt like mm, I shouldn't be there yeah and did so, how did I suppose how did that then I suppose when you were then at school and you were having those feelings how did you then manage those emotions when you were feeling like that were there certain things that you did to help when you, you felt like that um I, do, I don't think I managed them particularly well I, because I'm I, you know I did waste my time at school um I just was completely rebellious against the whole thing yeah. school what you know yeah I didn't want to go to the school but yeah you know it was my parents thought they were doing the absolute right thing by me going to, you know, this school where there was lots of opportunities and there were yes. lots, of, you know, and lots of people went to Oxford and Cambridge and there was, yeah. you know, it was the school had a lovely big private swimming pool and a big sports thing. And there were all these, um, you know, privileges. Yes. But it just wasn't right for me. I yeah. would have been better at the local comprehensive with all my friends yes you yeah. know oh because I, I just felt very distant very separated and yeah it made me really aware of um money and inequality at yeah. too young an age really at, yeah yeah and, and which is which is sad really uh because then when you think back to kind 
kind of how you felt and where you were at that point to then where you are now and all the journey in between how would you say that journey's been over that time it's really really made me keen that learning education doesn't stop when you finish school for me that was a false start at school yes it was a place that I had to be that I rebelled against that I didn't like that I was resentful of yeah and you know once I got I went back to I went to well went to university when I was sort of mid mid to late 30s wow and um, did a degree then that lasted it was a part-time degree it lasted for ages and I absolutely loved it I loved it I did it because um my son was little and I wanted just something for me you know um which is the same reason why I uh did a teaching course as well yeah by that time I'm skipping and jumping all over the place but (laughs) it's all right left, left school hated school went to drama school that was brill um did lots of work in telly and theatre and um, music and all that sort of thing Um, and then I started getting less work and me and my friend thought we'd have a go at writing something so as I say failed me A levels no and he was the same we just thought we'd have try writing something a a sitcom and the point was we were writing something for ourselves it was about not really about writing and it got made by bb by the bbc it was a six-part sitcom that we (laughs) that we starred in and so from that we got agents and i did loads of writing commissions loads of yeah Uh, and my friend carried on acting he really you know went for it with the acting and he's done really really well and i went for it with the writing yeah um and kind of my acting career finished after that because I yes. realised that this writing thing is something that I can do and that I love and who knew, oh, you know, I'm yeah. still thinking, you know, I'm a bit thick, you know, I can't do things like that, <laughs> you know. Oh, I was going to say, yeah, how sad to think that that's how you were still thinking, even though even at your GCSEs you did really well. And then obviously doing that, because what was the show called, if you don't mind me asking? It was the worst sitcom of all time, watched by about 15 people who probably couldn't leave the house or, you know. Don't say that. Don't say that. It was on BBC Three and it was called Having It Off. It was about hairdressers. Oh, okay. And there was uh, Francis Barber and Stephanie Beecham and Lisa Riley and um, who else? There was a load of, like, load of... You yeah, know, a lot of people in it, um, but me and my friend were the two leads. He's Anthony Cotton, and he's in Coronation Street. Brilliant. Now, for like twenty years playing Sean. Yes, Sean. Yeah, and uh, yeah. So I carried on writing. He carried on acting. Um, yeah. And then after I had my son, um, by that point I was thirty when uh, I had my son. And the plan was for me to carry on writing because I could do that from home. But it just yes. it to have the motivation to do that yes. when you're knackered all the time with a little bit, yeah. it was just yeah. it wasn't really possible. Yeah. And um so when he was little, 
um, one of my friends who was a teacher said, you know, you've got all this experience with you've got your drama course, which was equivalent of a degree. Yeah. You've, you know, you've done loads of writing, made a really good living from writing for, you know, five or six years now. Yeah. Why don't you do a teaching course and, and go and be a lecturer? And uh, oh, not really, not really bothered, <laughs> but, you know, well, OK, why don't you just think it'd be a thing to get you out of the house? Get your mascara, mascara yeah. a couple of yeah. hours a week. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Uh, all right, then, you know, because it was a bit, you know, it's hard when they're really little, isn't it? It is, then, yeah. So I did that, and uh, on, like, the second year of that, when I had to be in a college. Yeah. And actual doing teaching, I just, my foot, I just thought, this is ace. This is absolutely oh. wonderful. It was in a really tough college. Yeah. You know, it, there was lots and lots of problems, lots, oh. you know, police, violence, all stuff oh, going gosh. all the time. Yeah. My first day, there was a high-speed car chase in the car park. No. Yeah, it was full on. And it was there was lots of gang stuff going on at that time um, around Nottingham. And so it was, you know, it was a place where it was a place where it was mostly construction and it was the yeah. biggest one in the in the city at that point so there were people from there was mainly young men from all over the place all coming yes. to this one place yeah. and so like there was a lot of conflict because if you oh. if you feel um if you identify who you are by your postcode yeah the gang that's associated with that it yeah. was a total you know it, it, it was minefield yeah, but I just thought it was, it wasn't even the teaching that was like, oh, it was the behaviour stuff. I just, the, the, the class, you know, it was, some of the classes were just like the Wild West. Yeah. There was, people were from, you know, chaotic backgrounds, lots of conflict, lots of stuff going on. And I just, thought, well, I, I, there was hardly any, um, sort of training to do with behaviour in the teacher training. Yeah. And I just thought, ah, they're not going to, nobody's going to learn anything unless I understand how behaviour works. Yes. Yeah. And unless I understand what I can do to make this like a calm, safe, like nourishing sort of place where yes. people can just relax and learn stuff rather than having all of these barriers, all of these, you know, negative, you know, negative ideas of what learning is due to yes. like previous experience they have of it. Yeah. And until I know more about that and things that affect that, I'm going to be a rubbish teacher. Yeah. So um, I started, I didn't even know anything about uh, neurodiversity or um, learning difficulties and disabilities. And there was a lot of um, neurodivergent uh, young people who were yeah. in the main who were in mainstream whether it was um autism adhd you know dyslexia dyspraxia all that sort of thing yes um and i didn't know anything about it so i did a university course on that to learn right. a lot more about uh, more about that and just yeah and at that time i started writing for the times educational supplement um, as i started teaching and yes really quickly came into sort of being a weekly column brilliant for sort of 11 years yeah so it was yeah. about it wasn't about me being an expert teacher no. it was about me learning 
yeah. in this new environment and I'm Definitely. learning and I'm having these new experiences and meeting people who I wouldn't otherwise meet you know yes. environment was show business and and it had been for a long time and yes. my husband's environment was academia yeah and so my world was that and yeah to meet people who are having all these experiences and all these different lives that I wouldn't get opportunity to kind of interact with just felt like a real privilege yes yeah that's yeah. great what what a wonderful like what a wonderful journey I wasn't expecting kind because obviously knowing what what you do now I didn't realize that to hear that actually at school you you didn't enjoy it because there's going to be lots of young people probably watching this going I don't like school I don't feel it's for me and they probably then wouldn't expect to hear yourself as if then actually fall in love with it again and yeah seeing it as like like you said the behavior side and understanding and I suppose you'd also have a bit of a, a common ground with them because you'll be yeah. able to know that well you didn't like school so you've been there and I suppose you would be able to then introduce that into your teaching because if you make it fun and you understand and you're offering that supportive arm as well um, and the fact for you to go and actually do a degree to learn more about, like you say, neurodiversity and and those uh, areas as well. That's like hats off to you because you really then truly understand kind of the challenges that, that the students would have faced. Well, my degree was I did an English degree, but I also did loads of other courses at various universities as well to yeah. do with behaviour and to do with education and to do with neurodiversity. Yeah. I got loads of those sort of qualifications as well as doing my great my degree. But um that idea that I could, I wasn't really very clever at all. It's still I'm I mean now I'm now at the point where I think, yeah, I can do stuff. I, I'm <laughs> capable. But I, I finished my degree because I had quite a big gap while I was doing lots of other education qualifications, but I finished it a few years ago. Yeah. And uh, I got a first. Really? Well when I got done. the email saying I'd got first. I, I properly assumed that there'd been an administrative error and I emailed them. <laughs> you didn't? Yeah, I said, oh, no. since I've got first class honours, I think there's been an error in this because I don't think that that, is, that isn't what I was expecting. And that, was, and that is really brilliant. funny. They, they rung me and said, no, it is, you have got first. You, it's that is, it's all that first. is brilliant. You need to have more faith in yourself. You need to kind of recognise that like how obviously you, you call it being clever but um how much knowledge you've got and yeah you should uh feel I'm more so proud I'm more comfortable with it all now yes but yeah even even at that point I just thought nah, I, ain't got that is I, I was expecting a 2-1 I knew I'd done quite well but I, I um and if I wouldn't have been shocked if I'd got a two-two, but I wasn't expecting a first. And yes. but even though the evidence, all my essays and that, I've done really, really well in, but it was yeah. just, oh, I, that's not me. Yeah. But yeah, I've done quite a lot of work on that kind of thinking about that sort of thing since then. And um, yeah. and I'm, I'm actually starting a master's in psychology oh, um, wow. in September. Oh, good luck with that. That would be brilliant. Yeah. That would be brilliant because. I suppose throughout that journey that you've had and thinking about obviously as a young person and then going through like showbiz life and then into education and being in a classroom when you've got challenging behaviours and to where you are now, would you say that there's certain things that 
you've had to introduce like certain tools or resources with regards to your mindset and how you kind of manage to stay, say, calm in situations or stay focused in other situations? Is there anything you do that you think has really helped? Yes. Yeah. And it's taken me a long time to kind of narrow it down and a lot of qualifications and a lot of learning to narrow it down to the three things which are kind of central to um my, I suppose my belief system in terms of behavior in terms of neurodivergence in terms of you know ma managing all of that when I say managing yeah it's always your own behavior you can manage you can't manage anybody else's yeah yeah you know Good so I'm, point. I'm managing anybody else's behavior yeah your own. but yeah. the three things that I think are curiosity um curiosity um empathy and acceptance brilliant so you know for all behavior stuff that's just regardless of whether it's you know social emotional uh, stuff whether it's learning difficulties disabilities neurodivergence whether it's you know other stuff to do with confidence or yes. to do with self-esteem or you know that sort of thing yeah the curiosity i mean as far as a teacher working with somebody but also just kind of in life curiosity asking yes. people finding out what's going on with them yeah you know especially like when we're talking about um you know autism or um adhd or uh, various learning disabilities or, or learning difficulties or physical disabilities asking how you know tell me about how this presents for you right. how does how is your autism how does your autism work for you yeah because although yeah. you know there can be certain traits that people with autism have in common if there's 200 people with autism that's 200 different types of definitely, autism definitely. because there's 200 different personalities yeah in the way that the brain works yeah and so it's finding out about that individual yeah and sort of and and understanding it from their point of view Yes, you know, and yeah. by asking them, by having open conversations and being interested. Yeah. Um, and some of it um, might be behaviour that needs, um, that it might be helpful um, to kind of not adjust but kind of work out how the behaviour of that young person would be better accepted in a world that isn't so accepting. Yeah. But for the majority of it, it's just kind of accepting that person. Yes. I'll give you an example. Yes. Um, years ago, I had a young person in one of my groups who wouldn't take his coat off. And this is this is it sticks with me because I wrote a column about it. Yeah. And he wouldn't take his coat off. And he was, I can't even remember what he was, he was trying to do something quite academic. He was, he was learning and, you know, yeah. it was all about getting ready for work and getting ready for, and he was in mainstream and he yeah. would, red art, freezing cold, would not take his coat off. Yeah. And we had a bit of a clash over it. And he had, um, it was Asperger's said then, but autism, you know, um, and um, we clashed quite a lot over it. Because um, my point of view at that point was, if he goes to an interview and it's you know 
30 degrees outside and he has a parka on and a big hood and he won't take it off. Yes. It's very unlikely they're going to see past that enough to learn about him. So it's my yes. job to kind of train him for that world, yeah. you know, in this world that isn't very accepting. Yeah. Now, I've kind of had a... I've kind of had a, a, a change in thought about all that and I feel yes. like I should have had accepted him for exactly who he was yeah and if the world isn't wasn't accepting of him yeah then that's the problem of the world yes it's not the problem of him yes it doesn't make him any less capable doesn't make him having a big coat on doesn't make him less capable less knowledgeable yes. less of an asset to whatever yes. company yeah. would, would be in yeah definitely you know? But it, it is something to really consider. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Did did he ever, or do you did you ever know? I suppose going back now, if you've ever seen him or heard of him recently or or anything, explain why he didn't want to take it. What kind of if that symbolised something to him, or it was it just the the comfort that it was like a yeah, comfort it was to it him. was a, yeah, and um, he. We, you know, had very lots of sensory kind of sensitivities, and yes. he just felt safe in his coat yeah. for whatever reason, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But oh, that definitely. shouldn't um, detract from his skills, his knowledge, definitely, his definitely, any of that. definitely, yeah. Which I suspect, you know, in the world outside, in a world a less inclusive world, it would. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah, and it's that's the fault of the world. It's not the fault of him. Uh, yes, yes. It's that that whole idea. I don't know if you've seen Chris Packham talking about, about yes. his autism. Yes, he's, he's not brilliant. autistic at his house. In his home, he's not. He doesn't have autism. He's not <laughs> autistic because everything in his house is yes. geared to him. Yeah, yeah. So the idea of a social model of disability that you know, rather than the medical model, which is this is something. Yes. disability is something awful and we need to look after people and the changing it to the it's well the world isn't inclusive enough yeah, yeah. the social model is you know how can adjustment adjustments be made to yeah. ensure that everybody is included definitely definitely regardless of what their inclusion needs are yeah you know? yeah definitely and and i think there's still so much that needs to be done on that like you, you're so right um and it is it, and that's the beauty of also what you've touched on there with regards to like self-reflection and when you do continue to learn which is part of with regards to well good and kind of what what we're trying to do here with regards to mindset learning and kindness is that like the learning part is that it, it's okay not to know the answers and it's okay yeah and and, and actually to be able to self-reflect and go actually I I thought a bit differently and I've now learned and I I can see now how I, I viewed something one time and actually now and and you're a better person for it and the more learning I think everybody can do uh, in all aspects of of life generally um I think that will help with regards to that understanding of how you said so many different types of people but it doesn't make any other person better than the other. It's everyone's no. unique, everyone's kind of different. And and I think that's the issue with regards to, I think at times social media is that people are comparing themselves all the time to something that's not actually real. 
and instead and you see it a lot with young people that oh they're trying to be like this person or try to be like that person and my main thing is actually embrace being different like be, be proud to be different don't want to look like anyone else be kind of embrace you um, and be the best version of you because there's no one better qualified um, but like you said the world has to kind of catch up um, so that everybody does feel comfortable being there definitely is there something you would say if you went back to a younger a younger Sarah at, at uh, school and if you were to be able to speak to her and say something that if you'd have heard it back then it would have made you see things a bit differently or would have taken a weight off your shoulders or made you feel more comfortable sooner is there anything that you would tell a younger you if you had the chance yeah um I mean there's quite a lot um <laughs> because <laughs> I had I had very low self-esteem for a really long time and oh. of course I went to drama school yeah. to be an actor because <laughs> that's what you do isn't it if you're feeling really insecure um, oh, yeah I think uh I would tell myself that I'm enough yes as I am I'm enough Wonderful. you know I don't have to be uh I don't have to look a certain way or behave a certain way or conform to you know any sort of visual stereotype yeah i don't have to do that yeah, no. and that's fine if lots of other people want to that's that's their business but i don't yeah. have to and i'd also tell myself um as far as you know body image was a really big thing for me um yes. and i'd say that other people are absolutely allowed to have opinions on what i look like they're absolutely within their rights and I'm absolutely within my rights to not give a shit <laughs> yes I'm, I'm absolutely yeah. within my rights to yeah. be I'm not interested in their yeah. reviews I'm not yeah. interested you yeah. have you think whatever you want that's totally fine yeah don't make any difference to me it's nothing yeah. to do with me yes definitely and that and that also goes into the kindness part I think of the well good initiative in the sense of if everybody thought is what I'm going to say a kind thing to say I think the world would be a much nicer place if people actually thought about what they said more because again you often find as well and I say this with regards to different experiences I've had is that a lot of the time the people that are nasty or say not very nice things to other people it's actually because they're so unhappy themselves and they're actually then saying something to as if trying to make somebody else feel probably as bad as what as what they do um, and actually if people were kinder didn't judge because who's who's the, who has the right to judge anybody else um, that yeah it's uh, I'm, I'm pleased that you were able to then reflect back uh, any of those comments to as if go it's not letting me touch me anymore um, but it is hard to do I think I think sometimes at different times as well, depending on your hormones, um, you can be yeah. better at doing that at some times rather than other times. Yeah. You can be as if I'm on top of the world and then the next week you can be as if like, oh gosh, <laughs> I really need to reflect it back this week. Um, so yeah, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's really interesting, the, the stuff to do with social media and to do with appearance and to do with 
um, confidence and and self-esteem and the, the links between all of those um and how you know going back to what you say about if somebody says something unpleasant it's it's, it's all about them it's not about who they're saying it to yeah yeah you know, it's it's if they've had to put effort into being unkind are they trying you know are they do doing it because they want to feel superior to somebody else and therefore they have to attempt to undermine that person yeah. for them to feel better either yeah. way they're not coming from a good place yeah. no. you no. know people who are Definitely happy and not. content with themselves they just don't do stuff like yeah that. they don't they don't you're completely right and and going on to i would say the final question because you've you've shared so much um amazing information um but the last question i would say is that going back to a bit like when you were younger as well is that when you were younger is what you thought would make you happy actually what makes you happy now no no <laughs> not at all and we had um and i have I've, yeah i've talked about this um we when i was younger i thought what i wanted was like uh, a I wanted to live in Hollywood. I wanted to have this huge mansion. I wanted to have loads of money and loads of power and all of that. And I wanted to be super glamorous and do all of that, that sort of stuff. Um, a few years ago, maybe about seven or eight years ago, um, my husband was offered a massive job, um, a head of studio job, which would have made us uh we would have moved to LA and we would no. have been living in Beverly Hills and we would have been doing all of those things so it was before my son had started his GCSE so he was maybe 13 he was just about to start his GCSEs and my husband had this massive job offer but it would have meant that we uh we would have either he would have gone to live in LA and we'd have been flown we'd have flown over yes. at school holidays or we'd uproot everything and we'd move there yeah. we had this weekend to kind of talk about it as a family and um and I was really keen for him to go and do it and we'd stay home because I was really keen that my son had had uh and my husband does as well that he had he didn't leave his friends it wasn't yeah. a, an uprooting thing that he was yeah. couldn't you know it was a really important time for him just about yeah. to start GCSEs and as it turned out the pandemic didn't even take GCSEs but, <laughs> um, typical but, typical yeah. um but it, I just thought I don't want to uproot him we had yeah. Nora the dog at that point who was uh she was about 15 so she was really old and we knew she wouldn't make the you know yeah. she wouldn't be able to come over with us and we yeah uh, but I didn't want to be holding my husband back um, and I really wanted him to go do it so we'd work it out we will work this out yeah and um, and then when Tom's a bit older maybe you know after he finishes maybe we'll move out there and we'll have you know we'll have a life out there yeah and it was proper Beverly Hills fancy pants all of those things that I thought I wanted you thought you wanted yeah. and um, we had the weekend to decide and my husband's like want that I, don't, I just don't want uh, that i want to be yeah. at home with my family with my dog yeah, yeah. you know being a bit skin being yeah. but being all of us together and being <laughs> happy and normal and and yeah all of that sort of stuff because it was but we had that weekend of thinking 
everything that you think you want you, you think you wanted yeah. Yeah. yeah and of course it wouldn't have been very stable because the you know companies big production companies big tv and film companies buy each other out every 10 yes. minutes and then all the yeah. executives go and then there's a new yeah. set. so it would have been really who knows yeah. what would have happened but yeah we yeah that's what isn't it amazing yeah. so it's as if like you what you thought you were given the opportunity to actually kind of do something that as a as a young person you thought would be your dream and that you'd you'd yeah. be straight away you'd be wanting to take your son out of school go over there because that was what you thought yeah. would make you happy and then like you say when you actually sit down and think about it you actually realize that actually what's important are the people around you and because life yeah. is short and you don't and know the yeah. time that you've got with people and that's what my, my husband wanted as well he was like he was like I know that we could organize flying out and this that, and the other but I just miss everybody too yeah. much I miss being at home and I don't yeah. think I would be happy even if I got Amazing. you know regardless of the wage regardless of the the luxury da, 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 da. but yeah. and there was lots of times after that where I thought mm, you know both of us thought have we made the right decision when um you know business wasn't going so well or yes. we were really skin or yeah. whatever you know yeah. But then with my son's bonkers success over during um, the lockdown and how it's carried on and now he has, yes. you know, a, a, a company. Well, uh, he's, he's very successful in lots of different yes. ways. Yeah. Um, and we've... Excuse my dog. He's <laughs> been good all throughout. And oh, well, bless him, Walter. <laughs> they, haven't, they haven't chimed in yet. Bless, um, bless. It feels like that what we went through as a family. Yeah. Um, making those decisions, having to like ask yourself what makes you happy. Yeah. Was an ideal kind of uh, practice go for my son's huge success and brilliant. You know I'm everything so, that's come so with brilliant. with that in being you know kind of world famous and and done very well sort of financially yeah. and business wise and all the yeah. rest of it. Yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah, being rewarded for actually sitting down and realising what are the and, and hopefully that'll help him, I suppose, be able to stay grounded as well. Yeah, because he's super grounded and so you know he's not really interested in you know lavish sort of lifestyle and you know he has he has everything that he needs and everything, really? that he, but he doesn't he doesn't want a big house in LA with a swimming pool and all <laughs> that. isn't you know he's right. happy with that's yeah. That he has, and you know the 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 way that he's organised that stuff for to have a nice life in have a have a comfortable life financially in the future, yeah. And also it allows him to, you know, he can carry. He can if he decides at twenty five that because he's only nineteen now that yeah. he wants to be a plumber or a doctor or a whatever, he can go and train and do that. Exactly, and and that's another key point I think is that I think it, and I remember when I was at school. You can be told as if this is the most important decision you'll ever make, choosing your GCSE subjects. And as if once you make that decision, I remember our year head saying this will be the most important decision you'll ever make. And then now I'd go into schools and say it doesn't matter. Like you do what is right this moment in time. Enjoy it. If actually in a couple of years time you feel that you've made the wrong choice, that's OK. 
And it's not a case of just keep quitting and trying something new, but it's a case of if you feel in your gut that this isn't the right path for you, to be able to turn around to somebody and go, this isn't right, I want to try something else, is such a, I think, is such a relief for young people to know that's okay. And knowing that this, you're just starting with your learning when you're doing GCSEs and A-levels or going to college, doing it, you're just at the start you know, exactly. I feel like I'm going to carry on learning my whole life. And Definitely. some of it are going to be formal qualifications like this master's I'm doing. Other things are going to be other courses or other yeah. like skills or or topics that I get super interested yes. in. And I frankly, anybody who says that they don't need to learn anything about whatever, <laughs> I just think, are you sure? Yeah. I'm yeah. suspicious of you for saying that because yeah. the more I learn, the more I know the more I realise that I don't actually know very much at all. Yes, I'm only definitely, just, you know, touching the surface of whatever subject it is. And yeah. I want to be learning when I'm 80. I want to be yes. carrying on doing another course, doing another... Because definitely. we're not a full, are we? Oh, my learning's done now. <laughs> yeah. you know, that, is, that, that is wonderful, isn't it? And, and I really appreciate you sharing all of this because hearing you talk the way that you have, I just know that so many young people will feel so connected to your journey and where you've been, where you are now. And like you say, the world's your oyster still, that you can still go on and learn and do more. So uh, with regards to the whole Well Good initiative, with regards to thinking good, doing good, to ultimately feel good, I know that definitely people will be able to take so much from this this Well Good chat. So I just want to say thank you so much for your time and uh, all the best in, in the future. And I need to go and look up um that advert that you did and also the series that you wrote so uh, no, I'll make sure I do that, that. It's rubbish that'd be a waste of your time you no. don't get that half hour back do you know what I mean <laughs> yeah well well take care and Thank I'll you. speak I'll speak to, to you soon this show is part of microbrew radio Burton on Trent's community radio station you can hear this and plenty of other shows over on microbrewradio.com find our app on the iOS or Android stores or just say, Alexa, play Micro Brew Radio. And if you like what you hear, please let us know on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Thanks. <laughs>